Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Last week, we started uh, talking about a new dimension of faith. And uh, I said I won't be able to finish it last week, so we're going to jump into it today. Uh, Something I said last week was that you know you're growing in the Lord or maturing uh, in your faith when you begin to not only realize, but you begin to live your life with the reality that your faith is not just for you, but your faith is for the benefit and the blessings of others as well. So oftentimes, when we begin our journey of faith, or not only when we begin our journey of faith, uh, throughout the process to a distinct uh, period, uh, our faith can be about us, us being saved, us being healed, us being blessed, us doing right, us going to church. And the list goes on, uh, but there does, or at least there needs to come a point when we realize that, hey, our faith isn't just about us. Because the one in whom we believe in, the one in which our faith is based upon, a God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, has never just been about themselves. And the message they push and the values that we find in Scripture and the life of Jesus that, re- that was presented before us, uh, we see was a faith or a life, not just for themselves, but for the blessings and the benefit of others. And so today I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus on that thread, is how we can impact people with a new dimension of our faith. The Bible is full of uh, acts of faith that is supposed to increase faith. When you read the Bible, it's not just a historical book of God's people, Old Testament and New Testament. It's not just accounts on what happened uh, in the beginning of creation or what's, pot, what's going to happen uh, in regards to the end of time. But so oftentimes when you read uh, about people doing various things in the Bible, one of the key purposes of what we read is to increase what we have in us. And you see it throughout the Bible, uh, from what we read and what we hear to even in the Bible, that certain individuals did things for other individuals in the Bible. Now, for the last couple few weeks, Peter has been kind of our center focus, the Apostle Peter. And if you really look at Peter's life, you and, and you really begin to study it out and examine it, what really can occur, not that it always does, but what can occur, what should occur, is an impact to us. Because when you read about Peter's life, you can't help but to be impacted in regards to your own personal faith. And I just want to read, uh, uh, not read, just share a a few little things to start us off this morning on how his faith 
uh, has impacted us or should impact us. Number one is this the fact that he went from a fisherman to a disciple. Probably one of the least likelies to be called by Jesus, but yet nonetheless, he was called by Jesus. That speaks volumes to me because it shows me I don't have to be a theologian. I don't have to be a special person. I don't have to be a perfect person. I don't have to kind of fit the mode of what one labels a minister, a pastor, a preacher, a servant of Jesus Christ should look like, act like, and fit. But I can be called by God by just who I am. The fact that Peter was called as a fisherman increases my faith. Another fact that you really don't hear a lot is that he, he had a family, but yet he changed, he changed his profession from fisherman to disciple, and there was really no money to be made in being a disciple. And so in order for his family to be provided for, it was an absolute step of faith for God to provide for his family while he was doing the Lord's business. For me, that has been, again, an impact of faith, knowing that, seeing that, and realizing that I have uh, surrendered aspects of my life to God in a way that has uh, prevented me from uh, maybe doing things that I would have done to possibly give my, my family a little bit maybe better, more comfortable, uh, more easier life. But I've trusted the Lord. Another one is his mistakes. Now, now the, you, you hear this one a lot. You know, Peter made mistakes with his mouth. Peter made mistakes with his attitude. Uh, Peter made mistakes cutting a dude's ear off. That's the kind of mistakes I like. Uh, Peter made mistakes with denying Christ three times. He made a mistake by returning to his boat fishing when he should have been walking with Jesus after the resurrection. And it, it has impacted me because like Peter I have made my mistakes as a follower of Jesus Christ after saying yes to the call I have looked in the mirror numerous times and said you idiot but yet my faith has remained intact because I looked at Peter and realized well he was a bonehead and I, I guess I can be a bonehead <laughs> and keep following Jesus. His boldness has, incre has increased my faith. He has stood up in the midst of many and he has proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ, his power. We have been talking about how God used him to heal the lame man. Uh, I'm sure, I know a lot of you know this, I don't know if all of you do, but there's a little place in scripture that also says that people would lay the sick out in the streets and he would walk past and as his shadow passed over the sick the sick would be healed he didn't say anything to him he didn't lay hands on him he just walked down the street and his shadow that was casted from the sun healed the sick that increases my faith his death has impacted my faith so he was a martyr, but historically, uh, 
we are taught that he chose not to be crucified. Well, he was crucified, but he chose not to be crucified like his Savior because he deemed himself unworthy. So he chose to be crucified upside down. His death has impacted my faith. So just as an example here to start things off with, faith should increase faith. We hear in the Bible that iron sharpens iron, which can, can be uh, similar to faith, increase in faith, but there is a bit of difference here. But I want us to really think about and everything that I'm going to be sharing this morning, and I'm hoping to get out of you, get you out of here a little quicker than normal. You might need to pray for me in that department. But that is my goal. Uh, what the, the thought and the idea underlying everything I'm saying is how our faith should increase and impact somebody else's faith. That's how it was in the Bible. That's how it was for Jesus. And this is how it should be uh, for us. So let me jump back into the verse that, that we read last week. I'm just going to read uh, 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 two or three of the verses, not going to read the full context. So it's Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. There is a lot, of, a lot of metaphors here, a lot of parallels that is applicable to us in our life, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to look at these. So the first thing we see is he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He took him by the right hand. So how did Peter's faith enable this man's faith? He took him by the right hand. When you study the right hand in the Bible, it represents several different things. It represents authority. It represents identity. It represents power. It represents favor. And it represents acceptance. So Peter took this man and lifted him up by the right hand. And in all reality, what was being said there in a metaphoric or symbolic way is that Peter was bringing him up into his role of authority. Peter was bringing him into a position of purpose, into a position of God's plan, and into a position of God's power for him. We have to remember, if you read the total, the total uh, or the full context of this verse, that this man was lame from birth. And because he was lame from birth, he never entered into his full potential. He never entered in his complete opportunity. He never entered into the full plan. He never really received everything that God had for him. But when the Bible says that Peter 
picked him up by the right hand. In essence, it was saying that the faith of Peter was bringing this man up to his fullness of purpose, opportunity, plans, and power that God initially had for him. And sometimes in our life, we must have the faith that others don't have, and we must see in people what maybe they don't see in themselves. And through word, through deed, through encouragement, through prayer, through rebuke, through correction, we need to pick one another up and help each other get to the point of power, purpose, plan, provision, prosperity, and blessings by Almighty God. Amen? His faith increased the lame man's faith. Now, I'm going to throw something, I'm going to throw something in between the lines here. This is a possibility, but it is not a guarantee or a reality. So when I see this, and you see that it says that the, the, the man was lifted up by the right hand, and generally, when somebody's, when, when you grab, go grab a right, the, the right hand of a person, what hand do you typically use? The right hand. There is times that you don't, but it's very awkward, very weird, and it typically doesn't happen. In general, if you're going to grab somebody by the right hand, you use your right hand. So what we have, okay, this is just a possibility. It's not a guarantee of Scripture, but it's how my mind works. So what we have is Peter's authority was increasing the lame man's authority. What we have is Peter's identity was enabling the lame man's identity. What we have is Peter's power was impacting the lame man's need for power. What we have is Peter's favor giving favor to the lame man. What we have is Peter's acceptance of God was creating acceptance or an awareness of God to the lame man. Right to right, faith to faith, change to change. Whatever God has put in your right hand can flow through you and bless somebody else's right hand. Amen? So Peter lifted him up. In other words, he changed the circumstance. He changed the position. He changed the outcome of the man's life. The man was sitting. The man was lame. The, lame. the man was limited. There's only so much you can do when you sit. There's only so much you can do when your legs don't work. There's only so much you can do when your hands is in a position to not do what they were created to do. Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up. The raising up is all about positioning. Being positioned so that he can receive what God has for him. So oftentimes, our faith in terms of helping somebody, should be a help in the way of positioning them to receive what God has for them. You can't give somebody what God has for them. 
But you can help position somebody to receive what God has for them. Amen? I can't give you what God has for you. You can't give me what God has for me. But I can help position you to receive everything God wants you to have for the day, for the season, or for the moment you're in. Now, the Bible says that his feet and ankle bones received strength. So, his feet and his ankle bones received an ability to go. If we don't go, we don't get. If you don't go to God, you don't get from God. If you don't go work, you don't get blessed from God. If you don't go and preach, people don't hear and people don't receive. Am I making sense? So, God not only blessed him with authority, favor, acceptance. God, through Peter, not only enabled him through positioning, but God, through Peter, also enabled him to go. Three ways of going. He was able to go with normality. He was able to go with the witness, and he was able to go with power. He could not go in a normal fashion as a layman. Either he was sliding, either he was crawling, either he was rolling, either, either he was scooting on the ground, or either he was having to be carried or pulled. He was not able to go in a normal fashion, in a way that one would normally go in order to, be, in order to fulfill the plan, the purpose, and the blessings that God has for him. Sometimes when we are alone in our process or on our journey of faith or in a storm, we are unable to go and we need the faith of another brother or another sister in the Lord to help us go from point A to point B or wherever it is that God has for us. I might not have the strength. I may not have the wisdom. I may not have the know-how. I may not have the faith. But maybe you've been there. Maybe you've done that. And maybe you bought the T-shirt. And you can strengthen my feet. You can strengthen my ankles. And you can help me go so I can be in a position to receive and have a power to use for my blessings and somebody else's blessings too. Amen? A new dimension of faith is always about increasing somebody else's faith. So now the Bible says that they entered into the temple. It says, enter the temple with them. He, the lame man, enter the temple with them, walking leaping and praising God. 
Peter's faith enabled him to walk to the temple. In other words, Peter's faith allowed him to be normal. Just walking. This is what most people did and what they do when they go to a temple or to a church. Up to this point, going to the t- temple was not normal. His function, his role, the reason how he came to the temple was not normal. But now, Peter's faith enabled equality. Equality. Equality of blessing. Equality of opportunity. Equality of acceptance. In other words, Peter's faith allowed him or enabled him to go to the meeting place of God in a normal fashion like everybody else. So that he could receive like everybody else received. Am I I making sense? Are you tracking with me? Some people may not feel like they can come to church in a normal way. What I mean by that, maybe they have baggage. Maybe they have a history. Maybe they have a past. Maybe they have a reputation. Maybe they have a judgment against them. Maybe they have a crime against them. Maybe they have a circumstance that causes them to feel condemned and somewhat outcasted outside the church. But it is our job. Amen? It is our job to exercise our faith so that they can feel, so that they can realize they can come to church in a normal way like any and everybody else. It doesn't matter of a past. It doesn't matter of a reputation. It doesn't matter of a crime. It doesn't matter what they've been through. It doesn't matter what they did yesterday. They could have been shooting up. They could have been in somebody else's bed. They could have been cussing somebody out. But if they need to come to church and experience Experience the glory of God or the love of the brothers and sisters of Christ, then they need to come to church normal. They don't need to have a sign above their head. They don't need to have a t-shirt on that says, I'm a sinner. They don't need to have nothing on them except the fact they need the love of Jesus Christ, just like you and I need the love of Jesus Christ. Normal. Normal. People need to be able to come to church in a normal way. Now, what they see in church may not seem normal. Lorana speaking in tongues up here ain't normal. Me screaming like a wild banshee some Sundays ain't normal. But coming to church should be normal. Amen. Not only did he go to the temple just walking, he went to the church leaping. This is one of my favorite parts of this whole scenario or or, or this story. Because his leaping was an 
abnormal, an abnormal way to come to church. Mike, would you ever come to church jumping and leaping? No. If you did, it would be abnormal. The reason he came to church abnormal is because God touched him in a way that he couldn't just respond normally. And there's sometimes when our faith increases another's faith, there's a touch from heaven, there's a connect with God, there's a power surge from heaven that all all of a sudden might make you want to jump, might make you want to run, might make you want to say hallelujah, might make you want to speak in tongues, might make you want to kick a leg, shake a leg, do the Holy Ghost roll, or do something a little stupid because it is an abnormal touch from God. Amen? Now let's just be real. If the Dodgers would have won the World Series, you Dodgers fan would have acted a little abnormal, wouldn't you? You still acted abnormal when the Braves put the chop on you. If you don't know, I'm in the closet Braves fan. All right, so. uh. But do you understand what I'm saying? Are, 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 Are you rolling with me? I love this. Our faith for somebody else can create a moment with God that causes an abnormal reaction. And we have to be cool with that. When you're touched by God, you may, you may not just act normal. It doesn't mean you don't live normal. <laughs> it doesn't mean you go off the deep end and all of a sudden you become, you know, the church weirdo. You don't do that. But there is times when God touches you, you just don't act normal. There's times, I think I told y'all that I've gotten drunk in the Holy Ghost. I couldn't stand. I couldn't talk. I couldn't act right. Lorana thought I was crazy and wished I would have just stopped because she had to drive me home that night. I drank, we was having communion, and I drank the juice when they said, eat the bread, and I ate the bread when they say, drink the juice. And that's the last thing I remember. All I know is I fell out, and they were carrying me to the car. That's only happened one time, and I've been a follower of Jesus since, I'm, since I was 16 years old. 16 years old, and I'm 46 now. One time. That was abnormal. One time I was praising the Lord, and it was as if electricity came out of heaven and hit me. And only thing I did, only thing I remember was I did this. I was, how many times have you seen me come to church and go, twice? I was about to say zero. Oh, twice. Uh, I'm a little slow. I'm a little slow. I'm a little slow. Mississippi slow. We like it slow and easy in Mississippi. Anyway, that was abnormal. That is not normal for me. Why? Because I got touched by God. Touched by God. Sometimes God moves in a way 
that creates an abnormal response. There's been, um, you know, my family's not a crying family other than Lorana. But there's been times when God has touched me and I have bawled like a baby. Like, I didn't even know why. I was just bawling. Like, man up, Jonathan. I can't man up. <laughs> just cry. It was abnormal. It's only happened a few times because I was touched by God. And each one of those touches in our reality was a byproduct of somebody else's faith in my life. Amen? Now, I, I don't make that a theology. I don't make that the way I live. I'm not going to come to church acting like I got shot by electricity. I ain't going to be a rolling around every Sunday like I'm drunk in the Holy Ghost. Come on. I ain't going to do that. It's, it's not normal. But there are moments when we have to realize God touches us and we respond in a little different way. I'm going to be jumping, screaming, and hollering when I see Mike come leaping in the church one day. <laughs> I'm just, just playing with you, Mike. The other thing he did, which was quite normal, is he was praising God. When someone's faith or when our faith enables someone to experience the Lord firsthand, one very common experience is praising God. Just can't help it. When God touches you, when God moves on your behalf, when God heals you, when God saves you, when God delivers you, when God just blesses you, like Lorana said, with a goodbye from a coupon on something you've really wanted. When God does anything in your life, there is a response. Praise you, Jesus. The last thing that he did, and I'm coming to the end, is he actually entered into the temple. Instead of hanging on the outside to beg, he actually went in the temple to be a part. Our faith can allow people not to stay on the outside in need, but can be brought in to God's presence or God's house to be a part and receive everything that God has for them. If your faith keeps somebody outside, then your faith is all messed up. I want to say that again. If your faith keeps somebody out, then your faith is all messed up. If the faith you have causes you to hurt people, if the faith you have gives Jesus a bad name, if the faith you have gives the church gives Westside a bad name. If the faith you have stones people, if the faith you have lies about people, if the faith you have judges and condemns people, then your faith is not the kind of faith that gives glory to God, but it's your faith that gives the kind of glory of God or kind of gives the glory that takes away from God. I'm getting quiet on me. Keeps people out of church. So many people don't come to church today, not just because they're busy. We're all busy. But I can't tell you how many times I've come across people that says, I don't go to church because this is what happened to me in church. 
or this is what happened to me because of a person that is in your church. Our faith should cause someone to come to God in a very normal fashion. Should cause someone to experience God to where they have an abnormal response. Should cause someone to praise the Lord with all their heart. And should cause someone to want to be a part of the beautiful body of Christ. Where the glory and the God manifest amongst us through our love and our passion and our commitment to him. Now in closing, the lame man, what he saw preceded what he heard, and what he heard preceded what he experienced. It's so important, so many times in our life, what people experience is is after what they hear, excuse me. What they hear is after what they see. See, Peter, what Peter was doing for that lame man is the same exact same thing that happened between him and Jesus. He saw Jesus. That was the first. He saw something different in this man. And then he heard Jesus. Follow me. Actually, it wasn't even follow me. It was throw your nets on the other side. These are fishermen taking orders from a non-fisherman. To me, that says they saw something different about Jesus. They saw the power of God's right hand in his life. How would a non-fisherman take instruction, or how would a fisherman, excuse me, take instructions from a non-fisherman? Don't make any sense. Matt wouldn't take instructions from me about how to build a race car motor, would you? No, no, it'll blow up. He said maybe. He's being nice. Wouldn't work. But they took instructions from Jesus. In the very beginning, we don't know. We don't see that they had a relationship whatsoever. My belief is that they saw something different in him. They saw it. Then they heard it. And then after they heard it, they experienced it. Because then they caught so much fish that they had to have other boats come over to help. They had a harvest. Because they saw Jesus first, they heard Jesus second, and they experienced Jesus third. And it began a revival. The world needs to see us as different first. They need to hear us as different second. And they need to experience the difference in us, which is Christ in us, the Bible says, is the hope of glory. Does that mean the hope of glory, the hope of God's glory for the world to experience is Christ in us. They have to see it. They have to hear it. And then they're going to experience it. And when that becomes a reality and that 
when that becomes a serious point of our faith, that's when we know, okay, we're flying higher. We're diving deeper. We're getting more serious about this Jesus thing. Because it's not just about me, but it's about whoever God puts in my path to see me, to hear me, and to experience Him in me. It changes everything. Amen? It changes everything. So that is a new dimension of faith right there. The world needs it. The world needs Christ in you. Your neighbor needs Christ in you. Your kids need Christ in you. They need it. They need to see it. They need to hear it. They need to experience it. It's paramount. It's paramount. Amen? Stand to your feet if you would this morning. Let me pray for you, and I'm going to let you go. Told you. Getting you out of here a little early. Your prayers must have worked. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning, my, my church family. No easy task for us to come to the point and in all reality do what Jesus did and say, not my will, but your will be done. No easy task. Because it means we enter, we, we enter into a, a level of surrender. We enter into a level of sacrifice. We enter to a level of being used by you which can be a bit uncomfortable at times we've entered into a level of putting you first but Lord your word says that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us so Father I just ask that this word doesn't just come in one ear and out the other but Father I ask that this word be a challenge but also be a point of conviction for us. It also be something that, that, that drives us or pushes us to enter into a new level of faith. Where we walk with you so that you and us can be a point of just of, of connection, a point of ministry, of service for the world at hand. Lord, forgive us if our faith has just been all about us, if our church has just been all about us. It's, it's change our heart, change our mind, change our intentions. So that our faith is a lot more deeper, a lot more wider that contains the power to impact and to change the people that you've put in our path, our path. Lord, I pray protection over my church family. I declare favor over my church family. I declare opportunities that are divine over my church family. Father, I declare chances of service, ministry, and impact over my church family. I declare on their behalf, I 
bind up and I rebuke the devil and I loosen your plans, your purpose, and your power and your prosperity for them. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. Amen. Come on, praise the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.